My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the online marketing made easy podcast episode number 98. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm Amy Porterfield, and today we are changing things up just a bit. So today we're taking a break from learning a new strategy or a new marketing technique, and we're switching gears to talk about some of the lies we tell ourselves as entrepreneurs. Yep, you heard me right. Today we are talking about lies because we all tell them. And I'm not talking about lies to other people. I'm talking about lies we tell ourselves. As you likely already know, to win the game of becoming a successful entrepreneur, You've got to focus on the mind game. What is going on between your two ears? Now I can teach you a million battle-tested, ultra-successful online marketing strategies. And to be honest, that's what I love to do most. I love to get in the trenches with you and teach you how to get results. But if your mind is not right, if your confidence and your courage is struggling even just a bit, my strategies won't work inside your business at all. So that's why I wanted to shift gears a bit today and talk to you about what might be going on in your head and talk about those lies that you just might be telling yourself. And we're going to talk about the truth so that you can actually take that lie and flip-flop it and do something with it to start getting some more momentum. And then next week, we're going to dive right back into strategy. Specifically, next week in episode number 99, I'm going to be talking about now. Let me tell you from my own experience why I know this to be true. And And then we're going to talk about the truth because the truth is not sugar-coated. There is something you've got to do in order to make it online, but you don't have to be the best of the best in your market. Now, when I first came on the scene, you probably have heard me talk about this a million times. I had left a big corporate cushy job. I had started doing social media marketing for small businesses and big businesses and consulting. And at that time, this was around 2010, there were a lot of people coming on the scene teaching social media marketing. It was like the hottest thing to do. And so I had a lot of competition out there, but then I started 
doing more Facebook marketing. I became the Facebook community manager for social media examiner with Mike Stelzner. And then I got the book deal to co-author Facebook marketing all in one for dummies. So I really carved a little spot out for myself being known for Facebook marketing. But let me ask you a question. If you follow social media and you know kind of what's what out there, if I asked you, Who do you think of when I say who's the best of the best when they teach Facebook marketing, who teaches it and really gets down deep and teaches the strategies and the tips and is always talking about Facebook marketing. Now, some of you are totally loyal to me and would say, well, you, Amy, we think of you. And thank you for that. That that really is amazing that some of you would think about me in that respect, because I always think about Mari Smith. And I bet many of you that were listening just now thought of Mari Smith as well. She is the queen of Facebook. Now, let's be honest. Facebook calls Mari Smith to teach Facebook. You can't get bigger than that, right? She's amazing. And she's been consistent with teaching Facebook marketing. It really is her space. The woman owns it. She was one of the first people I went to to learn social media marketing. So I even learned from Mari Smith. So what made me think that I could teach Facebook and find my own space out there when there was someone already totally dominating and she was a mentor of mine even. And the reason why that still worked for me and I was able to build an amazing business, even though there was somebody that was a lot bigger than me in my niche was because I really, truly believed in my skills. And that's the truth here. And don't just kind of gloss over this like, yeah, yeah, of course, I believe in my skills. No, let's talk about this. The truth is that you have to have a track record of getting results, either results for yourself or results for others. And if you could have a mix of both results for yourself and others, well, that's even better. And it might be something to work up to. So you might not be there yet, but I want you to aspire to that. So you need to have that track record. Now, you also need to educate yourself, continue to learn and perfect your skills, make sure that you're updated and you're working with the changing times and you're staying on top of it and you're staying relevant with what's working right now. So for me, continuing my education and everything I teach is a really big deal. I was at dinner the other night with my business partner, Devin Duncan, and I didn't know this about him because we went around the table. It was like a networking kind of thing. And the question was, what's your morning ritual? And I didn't know this, but Devin said every morning he does this and that and includes working out and meditating. And, and I knew that kind of stuff about him. But then he said, and I spend 30 minutes every morning educating myself, learning something new, reading a blog post, going through an online training program, reading a business book, whatever it might be. He spends 30 minutes every morning educating himself. And this guy's really, really smart. So I was not surprised, I guess, but kind of surprised. I didn't know that was part of his daily ritual. So educating yourself is so important in order to make sure that your skills are always even getting better. Even if you're really good at what you do right now. Now, in addition to that, you need to know how to apply your skills to others. So just, you have to go beyond yourself with that. This is more about your teaching style than anything, but just because you made it work for you does not mean that you will hit it out of the park for others. So taking your skill and let's say you got really big results for yourself, you might need to take a little time to figure out how it's going to be adaptable to different people, different situations, different skill sets. 
So that's another thing I see with my brand new students where they're like, I got great results for me. So now I'm going to teach it to everybody. Well, you got to step back a little and you've got to find your own examples or your own strategies that could actually apply to other people. Like I'm really big on seven steps to do this or a formula or roadmap to do that. I work all that stuff out in advance because I know it's not just about applying it to my own business, but to others. So you do really need to know how to take those skills you have and make them adaptable for other people. And you can make them really unique to you by building these special roadmaps or steps or whatever. But here's something else that I want you to think about. So remember the lie was you have to be the best of the best in your market, like the top of your niche or niche or however you say it. But that's the lie. You don't need to. And the truth is you must believe that you've got skills. And then I took that one step further and said, you need to be able to apply those skills to other people's lives and experiences, but don't take that too far. So let me give you an example. When I first came out on the scene, I was not being specific about who I help. And so I would do tons of Facebook marketing training. And then I got into the profit lab, which is how to build your email list, how to sell online. And I was attracting so many people that wanted to build a business online. But many of those people had a physical product or a physical location. So they owned a restaurant or they were selling, let's say, a $10 product on Amazon. And although I really, truly believe that my strategies could help those people, none of my examples were for them. I realized that I want to help those that want to create online training courses, training programs online. And so because of that, all my examples were around that area. And I would really shine in that area, but I would struggle to help the restaurant owner with their social media because I have never had any experience with that. And so for me, I had to get clear about what my skills were and where I really excelled. And then I had to communicate that to my audience and say, I support those who create online training programs or eventually want to have some kind of online training course in their business. I can help you grow a list, put out amazing content create campaigns and strategies around an online training course. So I had to get really clear and I was so scared to do that. I remember talking to Devin, my business partner, like I want to tell people that the profit lab is primarily for those creating online training courses. And I thought I'm going to lose half the people that buy. It was our best launch ever when I finally put it out there. So just something to think about as you get really clear about what your skills are, what you're teaching, who you're helping. Okay. So that is the first lie. You have to be the best of the best in your market. Not true, but you do need to really hone in on your skills and get really good at what you teach and then make sure people know who you teach and what you teach and how that is unique. And you do the unique part through different blueprints or formulas or different steps that you've created to help those that you know you can serve. Okay. So I know this is big picture. We're not going into specific strategy today, but I think it's important for you to understand that big picture. Moving on to lie. Number two, lie. Number two is this. You have to find the balance between your work and your family and all that comes in between that. So you've got to find balance. Yep. I'm saying that is the lie. This is very personal to me and not all of you will agree with this, but I want you to at least try it on for a few days and just see if maybe I have a point here. (laughs) So just try it on and see if it might work for you. 
One lesson, people are always saying, Amy, when you work for Tony Robbins, what did you learn the most? And one lesson I learned from him that I always take with me is that the truth is when you are excelling in one area of your life, like you are hitting it out of the park, whether it be parenting or weight loss in your own personal life and getting healthy or your business or whatever it might be, there's one area of your life that you are crushing it. There's likely another area of your life that is lacking. And I believe that is human nature. I think that that is something that happens with most of us. I don't believe in anything being perfectly balanced. I think there are seasons in our lives, ebbs and flows. When business is really good, it might mean that my husband might be feeling a little bit neglected. And when I realize that, I've got to correct it. And I've got to kind of change my focus a bit. Now, it's something that I really try to not get way out of whack, of course. I don't ever want Hobie to feel neglected. But if it happens, I know, okay, all right, I see an ebb and a flow here. I see where we are right now. We're in a season of my business that it's getting more attention than maybe it should be getting. So I've got to kind of put my attention somewhere else. I think that is just human nature. So because of that, I wanted to bring this up as the lie the lie that everything should be perfectly balanced or that you should be striving for that. I actually don't think you should. Now, the truth here is that you do need to know your priorities. And we'll talk about that and how to get really clear about your priorities if you're feeling you're struggling in that that area a little bit. But I wanted to share something with you. So I recently read this book called Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes, if you don't know who that is, she's the television producer and writer who pretty much owns Thursday Nights. Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Those are all her shows. And she went to Dartmouth and they asked her to come back a few years ago. They asked her to come back and do the commencement speech. And I want to read you just a little section of that commencement speech. Remember, she's talking to college students that are graduating that day. So she's going to reference them. But I thought what she said was so valuable to all of us. And so let me read that to you just really briefly. So she often gets asked, Shonda, how do you do it all? And this is how she responds. Shonda, how do you do it all? Like I'm full of magical magic and wisdom and specialness. How do you do it all? And I usually just smile and say, I'm really organized. Or if I'm feeling slightly kind, I say, I have a lot of help. And those things are true, but they also aren't true. And this is the thing that I really want to say to all of you not just to the women out there, although this will matter to you women a great deal as you enter the workforce and try to figure out how to juggle work and family, but it will also matter to the men who I think increasingly are also trying to figure out how to juggle work and family. And frankly, if you're not trying to figure it out, men of Dartmouth, you should be. Fatherhood is being redefined at a lightning fast rate. You don't want to be a dinosaur. So women and men of Dartmouth, As you try to figure out the impossible task of juggling work and family, and you hear over and over again that you just need a lot of help, or you just need to be organized, or you just need to try a little bit harder, as a very successful woman, a single mother of three, who constantly gets asked the question, how do you do it all? For once, I am going to answer that question with 100% honesty here for you now, because It's just us because it's our fireside chat because somebody has to tell you the truth. Shonda, how do you do it all? The answer is this. I don't. 
Whenever you see me somewhere succeeding in one area of my life, that almost certainly means that I am failing in another area of my life. If I am killing it on a scandal script for work, I'm probably missing bath and story time at home. If I am at home sewing my kids' Halloween costumes, I am probably blowing off a script I was supposed to rewrite. If I'm accepting a prestigious award, I'm missing my baby's first swim lesson. If I am at my daughter's debut in her school musical, I'm missing Sandra O's oh last scene ever filmed at Grey's Anatomy. If I am succeeding at one, I am inevitably failing at the other. That is the trade-off. That's the bargain one makes with the devil that comes with being a powerful working woman who is also a powerful mother. You never feel 100% okay. You never get your sea legs. You are always a little nauseous. Something is always lost. Something is always missing. And yet, I want my daughters to see me and know me as the woman who works. I want the example set for them. So she goes on in the commencement speech to talk about a whole bunch of other things totally worth checking out online. I'll link to the entire speech on my show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 98. But I just thought that part was so good. It like almost gave me permission to breathe a little bit and think, okay, so I'm not alone in this. There's a much more powerful woman out there struggling with the exact same thing. And I think you guys can totally relate as well. So just try it on for size. And the next time you're beating yourself up about not spending enough time doing this or spending too much time doing this and missing out on that, remember that this is all an experiment and we're trying to figure it out and you'll get better at it for sure. I know I have over the years, but I've given up on the balance thing. And as I've become more successful, I've gotten to call the shots even more. When I want to take more time off, I get to. When I want to work really late and do something, I've planned for it in advance so I don't feel totally out of whack with my family or other priorities. And I think really, truly, no one really says this, but when you make more money, that becomes a whole lot easier. But also when you just get better at your business, that becomes easier as well. So just wanted to put that out there that I don't believe in balance. And I really loved that whole commencement speech around it. So it's definitely worth checking out online if you want a little breathing space. Now let's talk about the truth here though. The truth is you do need to know your priorities. I believe that it's okay to be consumed with your work. And I bring that up now because many of you are just starting out in your business. Many of you are in your first year or second year of business and it feels all consuming. And there's a lot of guilt around that. And I believe that anything I do well, I have to be all in. I can't have one foot in and one foot out. I have to be totally in it or not in it at all. Now that's not necessarily the right way to do it. I'm just kind of sharing a little bit about my own experience and it might resonate with you and it might not. But what I did when I was just getting started is I had to have a lot of conversations with my husband and explain to him what I was doing and some of the opportunities that were coming my way and some of the things I was struggling with. I'd get his opinion about the areas that he felt he can contribute. So he was part of this experiment that I felt like I was trying to figure out every single day. But if I cut him out or didn't have those conversations, he would have been frustrated with the amount of consumption this new business was having on my life and our life. So I think open communication helps with the lack of balance. Just something to think about. 
Now, when I give you that advice that you need to know your priorities and it's okay to be consumed with your work when you need to be, I give you that advice knowing that it's hard to swallow when your business is not yet making good money. Meaning it's hard to justify to your husband or your wife that your business is your obsession when you're not making any money. That is frustrating to them. And so that's why I think getting their advice and allowing them kind of to be a part of this with you, you know, you need to set boundaries sometimes, but you need to know what works best for you. But I do think that that conversation is easier when they get to be a part of it. And I do believe that when you're just starting out, it does need to be your obsession for some people, I guess. And so I just wanted to give you a little bit permission if you were looking for it or needed it. Sometimes we do. I know I do that that's okay, but you got to keep the lines of communication open with those that are closest to you. And then one more thing, and we'll jump to the next lie. You got to have earmuffs on when people want to give you their opinion of you working too much or you being too obsessed when they are not the most important person in the equation. Meaning if they're not in your inner circle, but they love to give you advice, remember That's likely their fear talking because they have never done it and they've thought about doing it maybe and they haven't taken the leap. So they're going to put all their fear right on you. And that's something we face as entrepreneurs. A lot of negative talk around us from people that aren't doing it. We're not making money yet. So they'd love to swoop in and tell us what we're doing wrong. Earmuffs with those people. And one more thing about priority. The truth is that we always find the time to do what matters most to us. And that's sometimes hard to swallow as well. But if you really think about it, it is the truth. So the question is, what truly matters most to you? You've just got to declare it and you've got to own it and put a stake in the ground, make it known what's most important to you. So the important thing here is to know that you're going to be ruthless in protecting your priorities. So if reading a story to your toddler every single night is a priority, you'll find time to do it. And that might mean earlier in the day, you're not having as much interaction with your family as you want, but you know, come story time, that is your time and no one gets in the way. Also, if getting out and moving your body each day is a must, you will always find the time to do it if it's a must for you. But that might mean it's in your schedule and you tell everybody, you know, that that is happening. That's what I do. I tell my husband in the morning at three o'clock today, I'm on that treadmill. So I just need to say it out loud. So I hear myself and you know it too. So if it's my priority, sometimes I need to declare it to someone that will like keep me accountable. Anyway, back to the point that if it's important to you, you will find the time in the way to make it happen. Okay. So now we're going to move on to lie number three and lie number three is this, your failures that are adding up are proof that you're never going to make this work. Now, this one's kind of a bold one, but sometimes when things aren't working, as we try to build our businesses online, we go to this really dark place like, holy cow, this isn't working. This is a disaster. And most of us start saying, I'm going to have to go back to my nine to five job. I know that's what I said. Or some of us are saying, I'm stuck at this nine to five job the rest of my life. I'm just not made to be an entrepreneur. Holy cow. What if I can't pay the bills? This isn't working. All of these things I try to do are huge failures. I'm never going to make it online. Now we don't live there. Probably. I know many of you have really strong mindsets around being an entrepreneur, but sometimes some days that's where we go. And that of course we all know is a lie because the truth is 
you might be seeing small or big failures piling up. You're trying things. Your list isn't growing. You do a webinar. You don't make good money with it. Hardly anyone shows up and you followed the entire strategy I even taught you and it still wasn't a success. Or maybe you try, you know, B-School with Marie Forleo. That's something that I've been promoting over the last few weeks. And you get in there and you try something and it just was a huge flop. And you start to think, well, maybe I'm not meant for this. And the truth is that you may need to change your business model. Now, this one was kind of a big aha moment for me that I didn't really realize I had changed my business model until after it happened a few years later. And also, I'll just tell you that in episode number 97 with Jill and Josh Statton, we talk a lot about what their business model looked like and how they had to change it and why. So we get into this discussion. If you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 97, we talked about the power of a Facebook group, but then we totally changed the conversation and talked about why they had to change their business model because they were hating doing live launches. So just to kind of pique your curiosity, if you haven't checked that one out, it's worth checking out. But here's the deal. When I left corporate, I started doing a bunch of consulting. I had all these clients and I hated it. Freedom was the biggest joke for me because I didn't know how to set expectations and boundaries with these clients I was taking on for their social media management. It just wasn't for me. So I had to really come to terms with the fact that this business I had built, it was kind of working but not really. I was making money, but spending tons of money and, and it wasn't feeling good at all, but I probably could have tweaked a few things to make it more profitable. But I personally hated how it made me feel. I felt like I was back working in corporate and I had a boss and I didn't have any flexibility. And so I had to change my business model. Now, what I did is I started to create online training courses. And this is a topic that I'm going to be talking about a lot in the coming months, because I'm coming out with a course about how to create online training courses. And I feel like I know a thing or two about this topic because literally my business was built on online training courses. It's how I make money. So today I don't offer any one-on-one coaching at this point. I don't have any masterminds that I've created and people can sign up for. And I don't really do any more speaking for pay. Usually it's not one of my business models. So the business model I use is selling online training programs online. And I absolutely love it. You know, when something feels right and when something feels wrong, and here's something really important to pay attention to when you're just starting out and you're building your business and it feels uncomfortable, that doesn't mean that your business model is wrong. It just means you're trying some new stuff and you're maybe crashing and burning and then seeing some success and crashing and burning again, that uncomfortable part of things is totally normal. I always tease that for the first two years of my business, I felt uncomfortable every single day. That I think is part of building a business, but there comes a time when it needs to switch. And when you're finally making some consistent revenue, if you still feel uncomfortable every single day, you might be moving into a business model that's not serving you. So what I did is I had to get rid of all those consulting clients and I had to really focus on using webinars and list building to sell my online training programs. Now that's not for everybody, but it's something to think about with Jill and Josh Statton. They were doing these live launches, much like I do. I do live launches and then do automated launches. They were doing live launches and hated it. 
They didn't like the fact that March might've been zero revenue and then April was a bunch of money, but then they didn't know when their next launch was. So that feast and famine feeling just wasn't working for them. They hated that. So they changed their model and now they have this private Facebook group where everything kind of originates through a tribe and the community building first. And that's Jill's thing. She loves to connect with people on a daily basis and create content for them. And it feels really good for her. Now, what happens when your business changes and it starts to feel really good for you? You usually start to make a whole lot more money as well. You're making a great impact and your revenue shows it. So look at your business model. Your failures don't mean you need to go back to a nine to five. Your failures don't mean that you were not meant to be an entrepreneur. You don't have what it takes and everybody else is doing it and you can't. Some of the failures you're facing right now might mean your business model is out of whack. And there's so many business models that I can't give you tons of examples that would, might resonate with you, but look at how you're doing business today, how you're making money, how you attract your audience, what you're selling, all of that, and start exploring some other business models. I mean, there's other business models like webinars to online training courses. That would probably be my business model, but there's membership sites. That's a whole different business model. I think Marie Forleo, who is my mentor and I talk about her a lot. She was in episode number 96, hugely valuable interview I did with her. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 96. One thing about her business model is she launches once a year and then from there, the rest of the year is building her tribe and community. And she has Marie TV as the main way she does that. That's a totally different business model than mine, but it works really well for her. Pay attention to the business models. You might need to tweak yours or drastically change yours in order to make things work. So something to think about. Okay. So we're getting down to the final lie. I don't know if I mentioned this, but there are four lies. So I'll wrap them up at the end, but the fourth lie is every opportunity that comes your way is big and you can't miss out on it or you'll be left behind. Now, you know, at our gut, we know that's a lie, but so many of us are living as though that is the truth. So let me say it one more time. Every opportunity that comes your way is a big one and you can't miss out on it or you'll be left behind. Now, the reason I bring this one up is because I have a lot of experience with it and I like to teach what I know. And one thing that I really messed up on in those early years is that I would say yes to everything because I didn't want to miss out on anything because what if it was my big break? What if it was the one thing that was going to just change everything for me? And if you know my story, you know, for those first two years, I really struggled. So saying yes to everything made me feel like, okay, one of these is going to work. Now, the funny thing is about this lie is that you probably won't believe me until you say yes to everything for a period of time and then get so burned out. You're like, okay, now I get it. That's how I learned because my mentor, Marie Forleo has this funny saying, get on the no train. And she encourages you to say no to some opportunities if they're not going to serve you and your priorities and your goals. I didn't listen to a word of that no train in 2010 and 2011. I said, I got on that yes train and tooted that horn and went as far as I could go with it. And then I created a business model I hated and didn't even love my business. So I know getting on the no train is the way to go, but let's talk about this lie, thinking that every opportunity is coming your way. And I want to make it really real for you. So I want to tell you a story. 
So I have a really good friend and I'm not going to name any names, but I have a really good friend and she is very successful in the corporate world. She always has been, but she desperately wants to have her own thing. So for the last few years, she's been dabbling with having her own online business. She's actually quit a really big corporate job that paid a whole lot of money. And now she freelances for some other corporate businesses on the side and then tries to do her online marketing thing on the side as well. Now that could work for some people until your online marketing business takes off. Her online marketing business hasn't taken off and it's been many, many years by now probably should have taken off. She's had a lot of opportunities to make that happen. But the problem is she's constantly had one foot in and one foot out. And remember I mentioned earlier that that's kind of a a thing that you've got to pay attention to. Are you all in? Are you all out? And I know that some of us need to keep our corporate job until we're making some money in order to quit and do our online thing. I get that. I did that in 2009. I didn't quit my corporate job when I was ready to quit because I needed to keep making money to figure this out. But there has to be a timeline. There has to be a day that you say, okay, on this date, this is happening. And it might be one or two years down the road. You can give yourself a lot of time, but if you've got one foot in and one foot out, I really do believe that you need to open up that calendar and say, on this date, I am quitting this corporate job and I'm making this online business work. It's a funny thing when you got it on the calendar. Tony Robbins always says, you got to schedule it to make it real. So back to my friend, she always has one foot in, one foot out. So she's in the corporate world and then she's in her own online marketing world, but for many, many years now. And the problem is she chases every so-called big opportunity that comes her way. And she's kind of a big shot. So big, big opportunities come her way. Big media stations reach out to her and they want to talk to her about her specific field and really big shot celebrities have even contacted her. She's been in their world doing different things related to her niche. I'm being cryptic because I don't want to get into specifics, but you get the, you get the gist. She has these big opportunities coming her way, but every single one of them seems like a big break and she's not really sure what will work and what won't work. So she says yes to it all. Now, the reason she says yes to it all is because she doesn't have a clear goal for her own online business. Everything she is doing right now is getting a sliver of her attention and nothing is getting her full focus. And we know what happens when that happens, right? We know what it looks like. If every little opportunity is getting a sliver of her attention, her online business, creating her online training programs, which is what she really wants to do. I think she's been creating an online training program for three years now. And she actually has my support. I've sat down with her. I've taught her about a lead magnet. I've shown her all this thing. And this is not to actually put her down. I've got to have compassion for where she's at right now. She needs to make a living. And I totally get that. And until her online business is making enough money, she's not going to lose her house and not pay the mortgage or put food on the table. I get that. But I do believe that if you stay too long with one foot in and one foot out, you will live there and you always have a business on the side. And I know in her heart of hearts, she doesn't want a business on the side. So as I was preparing for this episode, I thought, why has my experience been different than my friend's experience? Because you know, we've kind of been at this around the same time, give or take a few. And so I thought, what looked different in my world than her world? 
Now, I want to tell you two things that I kind of came up with that really resonate with me and might with you as well. But just know that I am the first to say I make a million mistakes. And when you come inside my business, some of the areas I'm sure look messy and I've shared those with you. I tell you about my mistakes and where I really struggled and all that. So I'm not saying that I'm right and my friend is wrong. I'm just showing you what kind of look different in case you might see this in your own world. So just know I say this with compassion. I think that's important to kind of put it out there. So there's two areas where we've gone in different directions. And I want to offer some advice to anybody who feels like they're having a really hard time jumping from corporate into the online world full time. And one of the things you might want to look at is how comfortable are you in that corporate world or whatever it is that's keeping you from doing the full-time online business. Because my friend has stayed in the corporate world in a very specific niche, doing a very specific thing. So even though she left one corporate job for another, it's still doing the exact same thing. And you might say, well, of course it is, Amy. That's her skill set. That's how she's going to make money. But sometimes you can look at your skill set and think, how can I apply this in a different way? How can I actually use these skills, but in a totally different environment that might make me a little bit uncomfortable, but really puts me in this new world that might have new opportunities and also might kind of give me that push to get out of that world a little bit faster. You know that when we're comfortable, it's not so easy to step outside of whatever we're doing. So one suggestion, this does not work for everybody, but one suggestion I would give is to step out of that corporate world and apply your skills in a different way that's still making you money that might still be considered corporate, but it's a whole different environment. And that's one thing that I did. So when I decided to go out on my own in 2010, I totally left the Robbins world behind. I did not burn bridges in any way whatsoever, but I didn't want to be tied to that because it would have been so easy to come back. And then what I did is I started to work with some internet marketers on their launches because I had some skills in social media and marketing. I hadn't really done a lot of launches, just a few inside the Robbins Corporation, but I went to work for totally new people. I was at their beck and call still, so it was still consulting. I still felt like I had a boss, but it was part-time and I was working in this whole new world. And funny enough, it was a whole new world I wanted to be in. So I had to humble myself a little bit. I guess you could say in some situations I look like an intern or, you know, I had to kind of, I was a little bit of a bigger shot in the Robbins world than I was in this new person's world, but I knew that the things I was going to learn and where I had to push myself would totally translate into my online business. So it's just something to look at. Like, could you be doing a different kind of work with a steady paycheck still, but you're learning something new that you can maybe translate into your online business? I don't know, just try it on for size. I know it doesn't work for everybody. And this, this episode feels a little bit uncomfortable to me because I'm really being opinionated about how to do all of this. But I think that these are just some, some ideas I want you to at least try on for size if you can relate to any of these topics I'm talking about. So just know they're coming from a good place. The other area where my friend and I kind of took different paths is that I started to create online training courses to scale my business and she has continued to do more one-on-one -on -one work. Now, if she loved doing one-on-one -on -one work and I knew if that fueled her up, I wouldn't even be bringing this up, but I know her heart and I know she wants to have an online training program so she can scale her business. And as you likely already know, when you do have an online training program that people really want, you have more freedom, you have more flexibility, and ultimately you have more revenue. 
And so the reason I want to start teaching more and more about creating an online training course and why I want to talk about how important it is to possibly put that in your business is because it does add that flexibility. And I want to remind you that when I created my first online training course, it wasn't a huge success. And quite honestly, I had one that I kind of don't even talk about being my first online training program because it was such a mess. It was a disaster, quite honestly, and I didn't sell a lot, but you know that you've got to just do it, put it out there, get, you know, your feedback and make it better and make it better. You know, I'm not a big fan of reinventing the wheel, but I sure as heck like to tweak and tinker with things and make it better. And I can't do that if I don't just do it and put something out there. I can't like conceptualize it in my head unless I'm taking action. So for any of you who are feeling like, yes, I've wanted to create an online training course forever. Well, I want you to start taking bigger strides in doing that and putting something out there. Uh, and I talk about this in my live, uh, masterclass for webinars. So I talk about how to do a live workshop, which would kind of be your first online course. If you're not ready to actually do a full pre-recorded um, class like I do inside of members areas. If you want to start out a little bit smaller, start out with a live workshop. And I talk about that in my free masterclass. So amyporterfield.com forward slash webinar. You can go there and you can get a free masterclass about webinars and I, and then get some insight about what you might want to create to do a webinar and start selling. So I can't wait to give you my course about courses, but that's going to be in the spring. So in the meantime, you can check out my freebie all about webinars where I get into that topic. So anyway, if it's something you want to do, it's something I want you to explore. So to wrap it all up, there is a silver lining with all of this. So let me real quick go through the lies. Number one, you have to be the best of the best in your market. You have to be the top, the big shot, total lie. You do though need to believe that you've got skills and you do need to be able to apply those skills to not only yourself to get results, but make them adaptable to other people as well. And I think that's where you should put your focus. Lie number two, you have to find a balance between work and family and everything in between. Totally not the truth. Shonda Rhimes would agree with me on that one. But the truth is you do need to know your priorities. And remember, if you really believe it's your priority, you will find the time and the bandwidth to make it your focus or to get your attention. Line number three is your failures are proof that you're never going to make this work online. We know that is not the truth. The truth is you may need to change your business model. Those failures might be telling you something. Something needs to be tweaked inside your business. And then lie number four Every opportunity that comes your way is a big one and you can't miss out on it because you'll be left behind. And the truth is that not all the opportunities that come your way are going to be the big break. And if you are very clear about where you want your business to go, it's so much easier to say yes or to say no. But the truth also is that you may need to say yes a whole bunch of times before you believe me on this one, because I didn't believe anybody until I got in the trenches and was on that yes train so much saying yes to things that did not serve me that I actually had to jump on and finally jumped on the no train. So anyway, this one you might need to figure out for yourself, but here's the beauty of all of this. It is never too late to redirect. It's never too late to try something new. It's never too late to change your business model or to approach things in a whole different way. So I'm hoping that 
over the course of this episode that you have found little nuggets or little pieces of value that you think, oh, I can look at that a little bit different. Or yeah, I've had one foot in and one foot out for four years now. I might need to open up the calendar and choose a date, a date when I'm going to go all in, or maybe I'm never going to go all in, but I'm making that statement now. I'm putting a stake in the ground that this is what I want to do. I think getting clear about all of that makes such a difference. Now, if you take a new approach or you redirect or you try something new, it may mean that you're going to feel uncomfortable for a while. And it may mean that you need to have some serious faith and a lot of courage. And sometimes you've got to dig deep to find it, especially when things don't seem to be going as you had hoped right now. But my hope is that you've seen yourself in some of these lies and truths that we tell and we all tell them, and it might redirect you a bit to start finding out how to create the business that you absolutely love. That is my wish for you. So thank you so very much for being with me during this episode. I know it was a little bit of a different one. And quite honestly, it felt a little bit uncomfortable for me at times because we had to go and talk about topics that might not feel super good. And I don't get to say, click this and go here and do that because we're not talking about those specific strategies. But I think it's important to get really honest with ourselves. And I hope that's what this episode did for you. Thanks so much for being with me here. And I cannot wait to see you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.